Hi, this is Robert Helms, and thanks for listening to the Real Estate Guys podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. What is going on in the economy? Lots of news. Lots of things are happening. We're going to take a look at the signs of the times right now and what that means for real estate investors. We think the market is barely bullish. Now, on with the show. Go online with the Real Estate Guys. The Real Estate Guys need your help. We're conducting an online survey to learn more about the information that you're looking for and how we can help grow the Real Estate Guys radio program. Just a few minutes of your time will help us help you. While you're online, subscribe to our e-newsletter. You'll automatically be entered to win a cruise with the Real Estate Guys. Help us to help you. Go online with the Real Estate Guys at realestateguysradio.com. realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We're talking about today the signs of the times. What's going on and what does that mean to real estate uh, investors? We've heard it said that the uh, market may be for the bulls or the bears. Today we're saying it's barely bullish and we're going to talk about why that is. First, let's meet the guys with us, uh, our financial strategist and co-host, Russell Gray. Yeah, I don't know if I can bear the bull. I don't know if you can or not, but there'll be plenty of it. And also the man we call the godfather of real estate, uh, now with us for several weeks in a row, which is cool, Bob Helms. Hey, it's great to be here. It's good to be here when Russ decides to share the bull. Yes, and you know, uh, we've you've seen, Bob, over the years, bear markets, bull markets, real estate up, real estate down, real estate the darling, real estate the, the dog. ugly dog. I mean, you've, you've, uh, you've been there through thick and thin. Yeah, and the biggest mistake I made is I didn't buy enough of it, and I sold the stuff I did buy. Well, there you go. And uh, when uh, the market tells us information, we decide what to react to it. And what we've been noticing over the past uh, weeks and months is there's a lot of clues out there in the economy. Things are going on. And as investors, we listen to the news, and typically it's reported uh, on a very generic, very high-level basis by a bunch of impartial journalists who make $45,000 a year and rent an apartment. Uh, and we don't necessarily get down to what does that mean to us as, as real estate investors. So today I thought we'd talk about uh, what some of the trends are, what's going on, and just kind of the pulse. Every few months we want to check in and see what are people thinking, right? It's been a tough real estate market for the last couple of years. There's been some challenges in this industry, but whenever there's challenge, there's also opportunity. Well, you know, the the signs that the market was beginning to slow down were there in 2005, and you yep. started hearing some talk about it. People came out. Kiyosaki was one that came out and started saying, hey, I think the real estate market's overheated. I think that now's time to get your chips off the table, maybe look into other commodities where uh, uh, downturn in, uh, in real estate would be more secure. Um, and so, some people did that. We began talking more about equity protection strategies, about paying better attention to cash flow, cash flow strategies to hedge against a potential downturn. And uh, sure enough, as real estate does, slowly it began to happen and it built up steam. And then all of a sudden, you know, the bottom fell out about this time last year in really a way that nobody who was saying, hey, things are going to get tough had predicted I don't recall anybody predicting that the market for mortgage-backed securities was going to dry up virtually overnight. And, you know, you can make up a lot of excuses or reasons for why that happened. My personal opinion is that uh, Wall Street was selling securities to people without really disclosing the full risk. Now, they may have been doing that purposefully. They may have been doing that ignorantly. We don't know. We just know that what happened is people ended up getting uh, default rates that were higher, and what they thought they had bought was AAA paper, and it turned out not to be that way. And as soon as they realized they didn't really know what they bought, 
Nobody wanted to buy it. Well, once investors start heading to the exits, it happens very fast in the paper world. And so it created a, a turn in the real estate world, which is really unprecedented in terms of its speed, because the amount of money available to borrow in just conventional lending circles went away, and it went away very quickly. For the last year, the powers that be have been working overtime. And again, we talk about the Federal Reserve, even the international banks, European Central Bank and other, other Korea Bank. A lot of banks stood up and said, hey, we're going we're gonna to support this. Uh, Obviously, our regulators have been very involved. You know, the legislators have been very involved. The housing bill passed, the stimulus package before that, uh, raising the FHA limits, the Fannie Freddie limits uh, to try to make money more available. Um, you know, Secretary Paulson stepped in and then eventually got wrapped up in that housing bill. The Fannie Freddie bailout package, which was really designed as a backstop. They, they, nobody's saying that the government wants to own Fannie Freddie. Nobody's saying that they want the taxpayers to have to come in. But they wanted to create confidence in the marketplace to get people to come back in. Well, here we are now after all of this work has been going on, and the question is, is it working? Right. I mean, are we beginning to see things in the headlines and the things that get reported in the statistics? Uh, are we beginning to see some light at the end of the tunnel? And, and I think we can make the argument that we're beginning to see that. Well, we talked last week at the end of the show about how we, some of this work, a lot of this work that's been going on is we're starting to see the results of it. And it's like that in any business, right? You don't open a new business and instantly everything's roses, right? I have a retail business that we've been involved with for a lot of years. We spent nearly 10 years in the red to finally make it into the black for the last few years. Yeah. 10 years. Now, my partner said it's because we're too dumb to quit, but the reality is it's not like you people have this this great idea that they're going to buy a piece of property, it's going to go up in value, and they're going to make all this money, or they're going to open a business, it's going to make all this money, or they're going to take a job and get a huge bonus and a promotion, and it doesn't always work like that. It takes time, right? The, the farmer doesn't go plant the seeds one day and come out the next day and go, where's the crop? I mean, it, there's some things that have to happen. Right. I mean, and that, it, it, you know, it takes a lot longer. A house can burn down overnight. It takes longer to rebuild it. A theater takes longer to fill than it does to vacate if you scream fire. The reality is, though, the thing we love about real estate is for the average person who's working a day job, has a family life, they can pay attention to the to the real estate market and follow the trends and most of the time, and I'm not going to say all the time, but most of the time, be a little bit ahead of the curve because it does move so slowly. The hardest part really is being uh, vigilant to pay attention because it's easy to not pay attention. And when the party is strong as it was in 05, you don't want it to end. And you just keep going and going and going, you know, hoping that the music isn't going to stop while you're standing. But you know, if it happens, it happens. But there were signs, and now we're beginning to see signs in the other direction. The, the reverse of that is true, right? You don't want to be the person that holds on too long, but you also don't want to be the person that gets back in too, too late. Right. Or too late. Too late. Yeah. You want sure. to, yeah. I mean, you want to get in early enough that you get a chance to ride it up. And what happens, unfortunately, the psychology is we tend to hold on too long. Yep. And then we sell low and then we wait until the market has proven itself and we buy high and we miss opportunity because we're waiting for other people to validate. The decision to get in or to get out, and, and one of our big missions on the real estate guys is to continue to educate people, to stimulate them. We're not saying we have all the answers. I mean, we don't have all the answers. Far from it. Yeah. If we did, we'd charge for this program. <laughs> but the point is, is that we want people thinking about it. We want people uh, learning to think for themselves and realize that for the most part, it isn't really complicated. It's very simple. We're going to talk about some things in today's show where it's really, we're talking about 
the flow of money, where it comes from, where it flows to, and how to position yourself in the flow of that and how it affects real estate. Yeah, but before we go there, here's what you have to understand. When we're talking about what the news is reporting, more often than not, it's single-family homes. And when we talk about single-family homes, the biggest consumer of single-family homes is the owner-occupant by far. As a real estate investor, we are able to take advantage of niches and vacuums in the market. It's not the whole market. Right. This is one of the best times we've personally seen to invest in real estate because there's so much opportunity surrounded by what the average person would think is all doom and gloom. Right. And so as a real estate investor, you have to think differently. And to your point, Russ, in terms of watching where the money's going and who's getting in, one of the things that we've been noticing in conversations is some of those clues. Some of the smartest and well-financed people we know in the real estate business are making their moves right now. Right. Not just one or two. But lots and lots of people. And, and, and again, what's interesting about this, you're not going to read about it in the newspaper. You're not going to hear about it on, on radio or TV. It, these are private deals that are starting to happen. And investors, one of the investors we've been working with is basically uh, been on the sidelines for almost three years, hasn't been doing anything, and now says it's time and is moving in a huge, huge way. And this is a guy that's got the experience and the know-how and the money to back up his claim. Good combination. A good combination, <laughs> exactly. Right. It's one thing to just say, well, I, you know, I called the whole mortgage meltdown. Of course, as you said, nobody did. Right. There's nobody out there who says, oh yeah, I, I saw that ship coming. Well, right? I mean, certainly that we did. I mean, you know, we follow this. We talk about it every week. We stay on top of the headlines. We watch the trends. And you know, we, well, you had some people in any market, no matter what's going on. You've always got people saying, hey, the end of the world is coming. The end of the world is coming. And you kind of take those people with a grain of salt. But I don't recall anybody saying the end of the world is coming and here is the exact reason why. Right. I don't think people saw that. No. I mean, what people said is, hey, it's been a long run up, so be prepared for the downside, which is prudent advice anytime. And it works both ways. Right. So that but be able to point to what it is, because it's always different when the when the market shifts and, and, and changes. One thing about the housing market, it's going to go up and go down, but the thing you can count on is that demand by homeowners will not stop. Yeah. That won't go away. That will always be there to bring this market back when ability is there. To well, here's that's why we like real estate. It serves a basic human need. The, the bottom line is to the distinctions, the differences between the stock market and the real estate market, as much as people like to you know overlap the graphs, the reality is every single dollar in the stock market is a discretionary investment dollar. Every single dollar, whether it's part of your IRA, whether it's part of a mutual, whatever it is, it's discretionary. Whereas housing, especially housing, whether it's in multifamily or single family or, or even resort, but, but in, in the bread and butter housing, serves a basic human need. People have to sleep under a roof or, or at least under cardboard or, or a bridge. But there, it's a basic human need. And so it has intrinsic value. Right. So at, sitting from there, now we have to say, all right, well, a lot has happened. There's been a lot in the news that's had to in, that's impacted the finance markets. And, of course, it's an election year, which adds a whole other overlay and so forth. What we're going to do on today's show is we're going to look at what some of those trends are and, and stick with us because we're going to talk about a couple of individual trends. And you may not see how they affect real estate directly. But then once we've gone through that, the whole of it is, all right, now given that current those current signs of the times, now what do we do as real estate investors? We've got to make a decision. We've got to make strategic uh, uh, decisions on where we go and what we spend and how we do it. And do we stay in or do we get out and do we sell or do we buy? And all of that needs to be made in the context of what's going on. 
Our show today is about uh, signs of the times, what's going on in the economy, and how does that translate to you as a real estate investor. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Equity happens. Is it happening to you? Learn more at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, John, what's up? Oh, stressed, man. I thought I made some good investments, but I'm getting terrible cash flow. It's like I'm stuck in this rat race and I can't get out. Ah, uh, that sounds like me until the investor's paradigm showed me how to velocitize my cash like a bank. The investor's what? The investor's paradigm. They specialize in cash flow strategies that turn my assets into cash cows. Now my only stress is wishing I'd heard about this five years ago. Wow, how'd you find out about this? Well, I downloaded a free report at cashflowwealth.com. And it completely changed the way I look at investing. I'll never be the same. Increase your cash flow and leave the rat race behind. Download your free report at CashflowWealth.com. Say you heard about it on the Real Estate Guys radio show and receive a $49 audio program for free. That's CashflowWealth.com. Are you looking for a safe and solid investment to add to your real estate portfolio? One of the most sought-after investments in real estate is now available to you, Model Home Leasebacks. Perfect for long-distance investors, the builder leases the home back from you after closing and guarantees the rent. The builder is your tenant, and here's the best news. There's no property management fees, no maintenance, no repairs, no upkeep, and you have an immediate tenant. You can expect reliable rent payments, homes that are meticulously cared for, and most model leasebacks have positive cash flow with as little as 10% down payment. Plus, you typically have an easy resale or re-rental because every buyer wants the model. Sound interesting? It should. Call Texas Investor Homes at 972-897-6190. There is a limited inventory now available. Call 972-897-6190 or look for Texas Investor Homes on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. Chadwick. Look, Chadwick. Real estate, like diamonds, are forever. So when it comes to real estate, never say never again. I travel the world for Global Property Network, spying out hot markets, experienced agents, and great deals. So if the world is not enough and you're looking for investment or vacation real estate anywhere in America or around the globe, call Global Property Network. I've got a gold finger for connecting you to great properties. You only live twice, so to grow your income for the second part of your life, you can live and let die, or you can go for it, like the living daylights. GPN is here to help. From Russia with love, this is Luke Chadwick for Global Property Network. Give Luke and his team at Global Property Network a license to kill and find you income-producing property. Tomorrow never dies, so you need Luke to find properties and deals for your eyes only. Call Luke and GPN today, 877-411-4GPN. That's 877-411-4GPN. Or on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Kendra Todd, winner of The Apprentice, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Hey, welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program, heard every weekend on the radio and all the time at realestateguysradio.com. And a special thanks to those of you that are listening via podcast. Thanks for uh, downloading uh, and listening when it's convenient for you. That's our friend. mission. 
We tell a friend. Tell a friend. Uh, right. Pass it on. There you go. Uh, we're talking today about what are some of the signs of the times. There's uh, you know, a lot going on in the economy and uh, where it goes and how that affects real estate is our topic uh, for today. So let's talk about some of the uh, the various sectors. Uh, first of all, we, as Russ said earlier, what we're going to look at is where the money is flowing. That's always kind of a key to figure out where we are. If one sector is hot, that means that the money came from somewhere else. And so the premise is there's a certain amount of investing, investment capital out there, right? It's like when the stock market lost all that money in 2000, did it really lose the money? Right. No, it just went somewhere. It went somewhere. Right? So Where just not to did you. It go? Yeah. <laughs> so it's about the movement of money. So uh, we'll ask our financial strategist to uh, give us a little bit of insight into what's happening uh, with regard to uh, those economic factors. Well, I think for the longest time, we just really paid attention to the stock and bond market, the stock market being the market that people invest in when they feel bullish, when they feel good about the potential for profits and growth. And so they'll buy into the stock market to participate in that growth. When they get nervous, when they get afraid, they don't want to take market risk. Uh, because when you're an equity investor, which is what you're doing when you buy stocks, you're, you're also risking capital to the downside. You move over to bonds. Bonds are effectively debt. So I'm going to invest in debt. I don't get as much to the upside because all I get is my interest and then maybe some some changes in my uh, yield or my uh, my uh, the, the face value of the bond, depending on what the market's doing. But for the most part, I'm investing in the yield. And then uh, you don't but, have the downside but I don't participate to the downside. And so in, in the real estate business, how does that affect us? Well, when money comes out of the stock market, moves into the bond market, it means that people are investing more in debt. And typically, debt is one of the components of debt in the stock market or in the in the uh, the, the paper trades is, um, is mortgage-backed securities. And when there's lots of money available to purchase mortgage-backed securities, then that means that the interest rates are going to come down. Another- right. Well, one thing you can understand, you know, today will get confusing because when we talk about investors on our, on our show, we, we mean you, right? People right. invest in real estate. But today we'll talk about, as we sometimes do, the investors being the people that provide the money. And those type of investors, the way the market works is different than you might think. It's not like a bunch of investors say, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to get together a big pile of money. Everybody write a check. All right, now we got a big pile of money. Now we're going to go loan it out. How it works instead is that the money gets loaned, it gets securitized, and then purchased. So right. it's almost backwards. Right. So the point is, if, if I'm sitting on a big pile of money in order to attract borrowers, you know, I've got to place that money. I've got to lower my interest rate. And so that's part of the deal, right? So we watch the move, money move between stocks and bonds. When people are a little bit more afraid about the economy, they move to bonds. When they're really afraid... They go to commodities. Ah, yeah. Commodities, hard goods, real stuff. The difference between a paper security, right? You want a stock in a company that goes belly up and it's worth nothing. Right. That apparently isn't going to happen when you own something that is a true good a commodity. Right, right. You we're talking gold, silver, you know, precious metals, we're talking oil, you know, things things that are of, of real tangible value. And so, I've been investing more in CDs. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the new the new uh, John Mellon campus exactly. is great. Music by the way. CDs. Yeah. So um so you know for the last uh, probably 9 10 years we haven't seen a lot of activity in commodities and it's been relatively stable. And so over the last year, of course, we've seen a huge run up in gold, even though it's been off a little bit as the dollar's gotten strong again and the stock market's gotten a little bit stronger. You sure. know, you've seen oil prices come down. But overall, you say there's still a lot of money definitely invested in commodities. So there's still a degree of uncertainty. We've also seen a ton of volatility in the stock market. Why? Because even though people are sticking their toe back in the water, right, because we're seeing we're seeing more green days than we've had for a while, you're seeing still 100, 150, 200-point swings in the Dow either way day over day. 
And that's because people really are feeling like, hey, maybe now's the time to get in. I think maybe we're near the bottom. It's looking pretty good. They get in. Then somebody says, boo. And they freak out and they leave and bam, you know, they dump the stock. And so there's a lot of that going on right now, a lot of volatility. But but overall, when you start seeing more green days than red days, then you say, okay, maybe the stock market is beginning to stabilize. That gives you some insight into the overall mood at the investor level. And one of the things we talked about earlier, too, that I wanted to comment on is that when we look at the news, most of the place where we get reported on what's going on, you've got to understand that the people who are writing those articles and delivering those news reports are writing primarily, almost exclusively, for investors who invest in paper assets, people who buy stocks, bonds, and, and commodities, right? Whereas you know, this show is really all about people that invest in real estate. Unfortunately, there are very few places where you can go and get the get the information about what's going on through the eyes of a real estate investor. And how does it really affect me in terms of the overall economy and housing prices, the availability of mortgage money, which is my number one tool for, for growing my portfolio? How does it affect the rental market and incomes? And where are the jobs going to be created that are going to give me a chance to have more tenants and some what we call sustainable drivers underneath the market to give me long-term appreciation? Nobody reports on it that way. And that's why that's the great news. That's the great news. See, the fact that the stock market and the bond market, even the commodities market and the forex market are such big, huge markets, it's kind of a level playing field. You probably could understand that the person that's educated the best and does the most research is going to have an advantage. In the real estate investing business, there is, because there is no central place to get it all, the factioning of information is what creates opportunity. It's why the strongest thing we have as real estate investors is illegal in the stock market, and that's insider trading. The fact that we can make the majority of our money on a deal that never makes it to the market, the public market, private transactions, pocket listings, backroom deals, there's great money to be made on inside information. When you know someone that something that or someone that nobody else knows, that can be huge. You don't have that in those other markets, and it can't because the market is too big, and it has to be, and it's more efficient because of that. The real estate market is a, a, a less efficient market, but that's why there's huge opportunity. Unlike you two gentlemen who spend a lot of your time teaching people about the investment business, most big-time investors aren't at all interested in teaching anybody. That's not their game. It's about playing the game. It's doing it. So what they do That's is a great private. Point, Bob. That's a it's great private. point. Right? It's like when you read one of these websites or one of these letters where someone's going to share with you all their secrets of how they make $50,000 a second and all you have to do is pay $2,500. You can't help but think, well, wait a minute. If they were really doing that, why would they sell the information, right? And and in fact, many of those cases, you know, like people have asked me over the years, ah, late night TV guys, does that stuff really work? And I'm like, yeah, it works great for, for them. <laughs> Did you send a check, right? Not saying that the information isn't good. Their responsibility ends when you get the education and decide whether you even crack the plastic or what you do with it. We've met some great successful investors over sure. the years who started with one of those late night TV programs. That was just about their enthusiasm and their uh, willingness to work and learn and commit. And one guy orders it and makes a fortune. Another guy orders it and makes nothing. And some other gal orders it and becomes the next greatest investor. It's not about that. It's about what you do with the information. But you're right, Bob. A lot of the, the, the smartest people out there don't spend any of their time sharing the information. If you can get into that information tunnel, look out. Right. We, were, we were talking kind of offline today about some of the things going on, some of the big groups who are bringing money. The investor you mentioned a little while ago who said it's time. How many people like that are you personally aware of that know it's time? Oh, almost a dozen. 
right? I've been asked to sit on the board of a billion-dollar real estate fund for acquisition, and now they're past time. They're late. They're like, got to step it up, right? Because here, this is some of the smartest people I met in real estate who are out aggressively buying in what the world thinks is a terrible market. Lots and lots of examples of that happening right I'm now. I'm sure we'll read that in our local newspaper, won't we? I don't think you will. It's Perhaps. Pretty, it's, well, you, you see some of it. I mean, for example, you know, the, the National Association of Realtors reported it in July – the uh, existing home sales went up 3.1%. Now, we also happen to know that 40% of the sales out there are foreclosures. So that tells you that somebody's stepping up and starting to buy these foreclosed properties. Of course they are. And that's kind of interesting. And that, that home sales raise was double what had been expected. Now, that's just a point on the curve. That doesn't mean that we're out of the woods by any stretch. But there are economists who are beginning to look at it and say, hey, you know what? The recovery has begun. In other words, we're, we're done free-falling. We're kind of bouncing along the bottom. And there's going to be up days and down days. But it's it's beginning to seem like the velocity down has stopped, that a lot of the fixes that have been put in place are beginning to take place. For example, uh, I think we mentioned this last week, but I think it, it bears repeating, that 90% of the purchase money loans that were done in the month of June were either Fannie, Freddie, or FHA. Well, I mean, when's the last time you could say that? A year prior, it was only 40%. That would be never. <clears throat> yeah. And so those programs were really bolstered and have been bolstered uh, by changes in legislation and regulation in order to make money available to that that component. Now, the other thing that's happening as a result of that is there's a lot more home sales occurring in the lower ends of the spectrum. And that kind of whacks out a little bit the price indexes. We look at like the Schiller index and it's based on median price. But if you get lots of home selling in the lower portion, that's going to whack your price. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the that one home next compared to the other home has really fallen. This that is one much. of the big problems with median price. It's really not a very good metric, right? I always used to use the example in my appraisal class. If people would look in the newspaper and see the median home price across the different uh, parts of their of their city and county from from week to week. And I would say, well, first of all, a week isn't enough time. And the number of sales, it doesn't justify that, right? If I say, well, the median home price is down 40%. Well, that's because last week there were three homes in that area. And this week there's only two. And last week they were much nicer, bigger, better houses. And this week they're smaller, more cramped, more outdated houses. None of that reflects in median home price. So once you add millions and millions and millions of houses, like looking at the median home price across the United States, it's a little more valid. But certainly in some of the submarkets, it can be a very misleading metric. Yeah. And so the point is, is, you know, you just have to know your market. You have to pay attention to what's going on. But when we see prices uh, and we see sales beginning to come up, then that says, OK, the market has begun to find, find that certain prices are bringing buyers out. And that's very positive. And then if we can get foreclosures to begin to stop pushing the prices down and there's been an increase in loan modifications. Increase in loan modifications is going to put us in a situation now where potentially homes that would have been foreclosed, instead their loans are being reworked, and then that stops the dumping of inventory on the marketplace. And you combine a downward that. spiral. That's right. They got to stop that vicious cycle. And they've been working and doing it. We're beginning to see signs that that process is working. Absolutely. And there's other signs as well. We'll talk about those when we come back. We're talking about some of the signs of the times today. Where's the market headed? What can we learn as real estate investors from movements in the market? And how can that benefit us? You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys Radio Network. When we come back, we're going to play real estate trivia and you can win a prize. Stay with us. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. 
Are you looking for a safe and solid investment to add to your real estate portfolio? One of the most sought-after investments in real estate is now available to you, model home leasebacks. Perfect for long-distance investors, the builder leases the home back from you after closing and guarantees the rent. The builder is your tenant, and here's the best news. There's no property management fees, no maintenance, no repairs, no upkeep, and you have an immediate tenant. You can expect reliable rent payments, homes that are meticulously cared for, and most model leasebacks have positive cash flow with as little as 10% down payment. Plus, you typically have an easy resale or re-rental because every buyer wants the model. Sound interesting? It should. Call Texas Investor Homes at 972-897-6190. There is a limited inventory now available. Call 972-897-6190 or look for Texas Investor Homes on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. Go online with the Real Estate Guys. We need to know what you think about the Real Estate Guys. So we're asking our listeners to complete an anonymous online survey. You'll help give us valuable information to grow the Real Estate Guys show and provide you with the info that you're looking for. While you're online, subscribe to our e-newsletter. You'll automatically be entered to win a cruise with the Real Estate Guys. We'd love your feedback. Go online now at realestateguysradio.com. realestateguysradio.com. Are you excited about real estate investing but not sure where to get started? Learn the secrets of building wealth through real estate in the comfort of your own home. In the Real Equity Home Study Course, professional investor Robert Helms and his team of experts show you why real estate outperforms other investments. Stop dreaming about investing in real estate and start doing something about it. Order the Real Equity Home Study Course today at realestateguysradio.com and click on resources. realestateguysradio.com Hey, John, what's up? Oh, stressed, man. I thought I made some good investments, but I'm getting terrible cash flow. It's like I'm stuck in this rat race and I can't get out. Ah, uh, that sounds like me until the investor's paradigm showed me how to velocitize my cash like a bank. The investor's what? The investor's paradigm. They specialize in cash flow strategies that turn my assets into cash cows. Now my only stress is wishing I'd heard about this five years ago. Wow, how'd you find out about this? Well, I downloaded a free report at cashflowwealth.com. And it completely changed the way I look at investing. I'll never be the same. Increase your cash flow and leave the rat race behind. Download your free report at CashflowWealth.com. Say you heard about it on the Real Estate Guys radio show and receive a $49 audio program for free. That's CashflowWealth.com. Hello, Robert Kiyosaki. Listen to the Real Estate Guys. They're wild and crazy, but they really know what they're talking about. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate the fact that uh, you listen to us, whether you do that on the radio or your MP3 player or your podcast or however it is you find the Real Estate Guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in. You can find out more at realestateguysradio.com. If this is your first Real Estate Guys show, uh, welcome. We've been here 10 years on the radio and counting. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm really ready to kind of shift my seat is I'm getting <laughs> after ten years ten years in it, it would be in October it'll be year eleven starting up with the real estate guys that's a that's a really long time so um, we're talking today about uh, what's going on in the economy what are some of the signs of the times what does that mean for real estate investors before we get back to it it is time to give you something yes it's time to play real estate trivia your chance to win a prize by knowing today's trivia question and we're going to give away two prizes today actually more than that we're going to give away two times two a total of four prizes why because we're in a really good mood that's why and because let's face it america you've got troubles and we're listening 
Not everyone can afford our book. We're going to give away some copies of Equity Happens, Building Lifelong Wealth with Real Estate, autographed, in fact, to the winners of today's real estate trivia question. Now, here's how it's going to work. You're going to hear the question, and you're going to quickly come up with the answer and send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Make sure you include your name and mailing address because we have to physically ship you the book. It's not an ebook. It's not a email book. It's a real book, and we have to ship it to you, so we need your name and address to do that. And the first person with the right answer is going to win. And then we're doing a drawing of all the other correct answers. That's the fairest way. So before we do that and tell you why there's four chances to win this week, let's discuss last week's uh, trivia question. Last week on uh, the program where we talked about being the bank, our uh, trivia question was on the television show, The Beverly Hillbillies. What was the name of the bank where the Clampants kept their fortune? Where did Mr. Drysdale work? And the answer, the Commerce Bank of Beverly Hills. Commerce Bank of Beverly Hills. Nice generic name. I would have not guessed No, that. that was a tough one. Tough, tough, tough. Yeah. This week, a little easier. All right, so this week, we're talking about ups and downs, right? We're talking about the ups and downs of the sure. housing cycle and what's happening in the economy and so forth. So we want you to name either the highest or the lowest elevation in the United States. Where in the U.S. is either the highest or the lowest spot? You don't have to come up with both, just one or the other. And that's why there are two chances to win. There's a chance for the highest. And there's a chance for the lowest. Now, if you guess both, you don't win two books. Right? If you guess both, the highest and the lowest correctly, and someone else only guessed the lowest, then you I guess we'll give it to them. And one attaboy. You, you sure do. <laughs> and you get a really impressive whoa from Bob. So that's how it works. So because many of you listen live on the radio, that means boom, get there right now and send us a, an email on the first correct answer uh, for high and for low is going to win a, a book. And then, because many of you listen after the fact via podcast or MP3 or sometimes at three in the morning, you're listening to us and we know who you are. What we're going to have you do is all, all the correct answers then get entered into uh, the drawing and we'll give away two more books. So that's a copy of four of total. Okay, well, can we afford this? Four copies of Equity Happens are going out this week uh, if we have uh, winners. So the highest points and lowest points a uh, point in the U.S. Highest elevation, lowest elevation in the United States of America. Speaking of highs and lows, we're talking about what's happening uh, in the economy. One of the things going on is uh, the dollar. The dollar has been beat, beat up pretty much in the last uh, year, but all of a sudden, it's uh, it's coming back a little. Yeah, so you know when you pump a lot of money into the system and people begin to lose confidence uh, in the dollar, it begins to lose its purchasing power. And so that is uh, bad in most cases. Uh, and it creates fears of inflation uh, and a lot of uncertainty. But the good news is, in that front, is that uh, exports tend to rise because U.S. goods become more affordable to other countries. And so we've seen an increase in exports. And so that has really helped uh, keep the economy out of trouble. So even in the midst of a falling dollar, there's still really uh, advantageous things that can happen. Now, um, We've seen the Fed now lately coming out, and before they were being very, very uh, cautionary about about inflation. They were talking tough anti-inflation, and now they've kind of toned down some of that rhetoric, and it's a little bit more balanced. It's like we're keeping an eye on it, but we don't see it as an immediate threat, and that really is their way of manipulating the emotion that's in the marketplace, and the stock market's been responding to that. You know, We've seen people beginning to come out and feel a little bit more confident in the long-term prospects of the economy uh, based on the fact that the uh, Fed isn't threatening to raise you know, interest rates in the short term. Uh, I still think that there's just a lot uh, of... Uh, uh, a lot of uncertainty to be sorted out with respect to the banks 
And, uh, of course, we, you know, the other thing we've got going on, we're in the middle of an election year. And so who knows what's going to happen from an administrative point of view, policymaking point of view. There's a whole new administration that's going to be coming online next January. Uh, and so, you know, when you're when you're dealing with the, the reality, I mean, this is the kind of the big picture you've got to step back and say that that really what you've got going on is is you have emotion in the marketplace and you've got the leaders, the policymakers trying to calm that emotion down. When people talk about getting things stable, they're trying to stabilize the human emotion that drives the behaviors that creates the volatility all in the house that Jack built. Exactly. No, that's exactly it. And then so you have to learn to see and understand what strings are being pulled and why. Reading some of the articles about what's going on in the marketplace, I've, I've, the word emotion just jumps out at me because of this. What we get is an overswing in people's mood and emotion. Yep. When you're going well in the marketplace, you kind of don't pay much attention to risk. Everything is great. On the other hand, when the marketplace is negative and you're just buried in it, you, you swing your impression is that it's much worse than it is. In other words, you swing totally towards pessimism. So there's that whole group mentality about what's going on that maybe isn't dead on with what's what's going on. Well, the pendulum swings far. You get the knee-jerk reaction. And, you know, as, uh, you did a great presentation at the Mentor Club last month, Bob, just about the perspective of this. Right now, like, people in the thick of it think, oh, the mortgage meltdown is the worst real estate market ever. And their whole, you know, emotion about that. Last time this happened... It was the same. It was different, whole different scenario, different reasons. But people felt just as as emotional about it, and we have to learn to remove some of that, and also use it to our advantage. See where there's emotion, and that's sometimes if you can read where the emotion is taking people, you know where to go. It's where some of the day traders uh, make their money if they're not technical analysis. You look at what's happening in terms of emotions, and it can be huge, right? One beat of news comes out, and and stocks swell, or a specific stock goes up or down based on some seemingly trivial fact that that comes out. It's amazing what can happen. Can you imagine if that happened to, like on home prices? Like like one day, you know, one of the neighbor kids accidentally you know runs out in front of a car and, and gets hit and doesn't get hurt too bad, but but at least all of a sudden home values are down. 22% that day, right? And the next day, right, somebody on your street wins the lottery. <gasps> home values double that, right? What if home, that, but that's not how the home market works. Well, it's that's a much the ups- more stable market. That, that's the upside of the illiquidity of real estate. You know, a lot of people right now are experiencing the downside of the illiquidity of real estate because you just, you can't get in and out fast. Right. And so that's why when you're getting in, you need to make sure you have a plan for cash flow because cash flow is your staying power. And that's really the key. And that's why, you know, people, I think, are probably going to be a little bit more hesitant. Of course, I think for the most part, some of the things that you see going on uh, with respect to the the lending criteria is designed to take some of the volatility out. You know, you've got uh, Fannie and Freddie tightening up their guidelines. It used to be as an investor, you could have up to 10 uh, single family home loans. That's a individual real estate investor. Individual real estate investor. Now it's down to four. And so you say, well, how's that helping a recovery? It's not helping a recovery in the short term. What they're hoping to do is that it will take some of the speculation out of the market long term. And they're going to rebuild. They're literally rebuilding the real estate business, especially at the funding level, uh, on a completely different foundation. Well, and this is important to, to know because we're all in the here and now, what's happening this week and this month. But you're right. This is a longer term approach. As a real estate investor who's always up banging on that upper limit of how many single-family one-to-four loans I can have at any given time, this is not good news for me. But when I step back and go, you know what? 
a lot of the people that got way out there that that shouldn't have, have gotten into some of the investments, they were able to because of this, and that would have been some of that would have been curtailed if, the, if this had been. It doesn't mean you can't buy a house once you have four. There's other ways. We're just talking about the the secondary mortgage markets, and and you know, there's private money, there's lenders that loan their own money, there's all those kinds of things. But it's just a way to help put some some. Uh, maybe uh, you know a, a big brother kind of attitude over what the individuals are because it's not restricting commercial real estate and when you look at all the big 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 investors that's where they are they aren't flipping single family houses right and and really i mean the the government is stepping in because they're really trying to affect housing and you, you know you talked earlier stable. robert about how housing is a fundamental meets a fundamental human need but it also meets a fundamental economic need i think if the world didn't recognize before how important u.s housing is to the global economy they've got it loud and clear today you bet they do so there's kind of a big picture on what's going on how does that translate into specifically what's happening in the real estate sector that's what we're going to talk about when we come back thanks for listening you're tuned to the real estate guys radio network i'm your host robert helms more coming up Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Hey, John, what's up? Ah, stressed, man. I thought I made some good investments, but I'm getting terrible cash flow. It's like I'm stuck in this rat race and I can't get out. Ah, that sounds like me until the investor's paradigm showed me how to velocitize my cash like a bank. The investor's what? The investor's paradigm. They specialize in cash flow strategies that turn my assets into cash cows. Now my only stress is wishing I'd heard about this five years ago. Wow, how'd you find out about this? Well, I downloaded a free report at cashflowwealth.com. And it completely changed the way I look at investing. I'll never be the same. Increase your cash flow and leave the rat race behind. Download your free report at cashflowwealth.com. Say you heard about it on the Real Estate Guys radio show and receive a $49 audio program for free. That's cashflowwealth.com. Does your cash flow need a boost? If so, here are some powerful programs you should consider. How about programs for first trust deeds starting at 24%? Also, turnkey foreclosures starting at $17,500. Today's modern banks use these as well as other programs to give their cash flow a boost. So why not you? Using the principles of arbitrage, leverage, compounding, and velocity, banks are the perfect model for today's individual investor who wants to hedge his investment portfolio and diversify his real estate holdings. The Investor's Paradigm specializes in using these strategies to maximize cash flow. To learn more, download our free report on cash flow investment strategies at cashflowwealth.com or call 800-265-4917 and mention the Real Estate Guys to get a $49 audio set free. Again, visit CashFlowWealth.com. Are you looking for a safe and solid investment to add to your real estate portfolio? One of the most sought-after investments in real estate is now available to you, model home leasebacks. Perfect for long-distance investors, the builder leases the home back from you after closing and guarantees the rent. The builder is your tenant, and here's the best news. There's no property management fees, no maintenance, no repairs, no upkeep, and you have an immediate tenant. You can expect reliable rent payments, homes that are meticulously cared for, and most model leasebacks have positive cash flow with as little as 10% down payment. Plus, you typically have an easy resale or re-rental because every buyer wants the model. Sound interesting? It should. 
Call Texas Investor Homes at 972-897-6190. There is a limited inventory now available. Call 972-897-6190 or look for Texas Investor Homes on the sponsors page at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Garrett Sutton, Rich Dad's advisor. Remember, equity happens, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Thanks for tuning in to The Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. We appreciate you, and if you aren't yet signed up for our email newsletter, you can do that at realestateguysradio.com. When you do, you will automatically be placed in a drawing to win a cruise for two with The Real Estate Guys. Our seventh annual Investor Summit at Sea takes place March 20th, 2009. We're going to spend a fabulous week plus a bonus day on a glorious ship cruising around the Caribbean. And we're going to stop in Panama, Belize, Costa Rica. It's going to be fabulous. We'd love to have you join us. Find out more on our website, Cruise with the Real Estate Guys, it says, at realestateguysradio.com. Now, I thought that when you started to say fabulous, I thought you were going to say fattening. It is a fattening cruise as well. <laughs> yes, it is. Here's what's great about the cruise. If you chose to, it's a great place to... To lose weight. You can lose weight on a cruise. There's a gym. There's always room at the gym. There are spa services. And they will bring you whatever you want. You can have, allegedly, right? I've seen pictures of it. What are you talking about? pictures of the gym. I've walked through the gym uh, with a beer. But (laughs) you could if if you were silly enough. I mean, if you chose to, right? However, what happens is as cruisers, we have this mentality of I've I've paid one price and I get to eat as many desserts as I want. Therefore, the more desserts I have, the less they are per dessert. You become the sum total of all the food, of all the people you're hanging out with, and they're all eating exactly. like pigs, so you just jump in and, and enjoy it. We go on the cruise ship as passengers, but we leave as freight. But we do have an excellent time, so we'd love to have you come with That's us. That's because our brains are filled with knowledge. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's I knew just it was that something. it shows up around the waistline for some reason. I guess I'm, we get off the I'm boat, all, all, that, all the knowledge falls down to my midsection. Yeah. <laughs> I actually went on a cruise where I lost one pound. Must be important, however, or significant. I have no idea which cruise that was or when it was. Right. And uh, I'm also happy to see, Bob, that you found it since then. I was going to so. say, yeah, we'll go back it's, on the cruise and we'll find out wherever you left back. it. I'm sure yeah. it's there waiting for you. <laughs> so anyway, one person uh, always gets to go free and bring a friend. What a great surprise when you get to uh, invite your spouse, significant other, or a random stranger on a cruise for a week. That could be you if you uh, sign up for our email newsletter. Someone's going to win. And uh, we always have great people who end up winning the cruise. All right. So we're talking about uh, some signs of the times the barely bullish market that we're in. You're hearing some people say the market is back. Some people are saying, ah, not yet. There's still room to go, right? A lot of consultants out there are looking at the new housing starts, which are still pretty dismal, right? The new housing business is tough for, I think, a couple of reasons. First of all, it's a lead uh, deal. You've got you've got such a long lead time to acquire land, get your entitlements done, do your subdivision, do your planning, get your financing and build that there's a lot of folks who pulled that trigger and really couldn't, once Broke, ground broke, had a hard time stopping, and so they're ending up with inventory at a bad time in the market. Uh, a friend of ours is developing a wonderful project, and they made the strategic decision not to break ground, even though they had their financing and pre-sales in place, because now is just not the best time to, to, to be doing that, and I think it's smart. It's smart for the people that are in early. The, it, it works for everybody, right? But if you don't have that choice, it's a tough time. The other thing is, and this is just a, a little sub thing to talk about, but I think it's important. One of the big trends we're seeing in real estate is green building, right, with lead certification and yeah. so forth. Uh, we've been very involved with that. And what that means is is consumers more and more are interested and will pay a premium for a green home, for a home that's more energy efficient, for a home that was built according to lead standards. And a lot of the existing inventory wasn't. 
And so it's hard to retrofit that. A lot of builders who are now building 100% green have inventory on the market that isn't. Well, if a big part of your push as a builder is how green you are and that you're Silver Lead certified, but the houses you have to sell now didn't even make the certification, uh, see what I mean? So that it's almost obsolete inventory. So that's making the problem worse. But in existing home sales, there's some pretty good metrics. Yeah. I mean, it's really amazing. And it just goes back to the concept that the thing that sells a home is price. And if the price is low enough, people will buy it. I mean, if you doubt that, whatever price your house is worth, cut it in half, stick it on the market, and uh, the chances are you're going to get some bids, and it'll get probably bid up past that, and that's the age-old strategy. So, you know, globally, or or, I don't mean globally like all around the world, but on a macro scale, you're beginning to see that the drop of home prices that have been primarily driven by foreclosures and banks just dumping inventory to get out from underneath it so they can get to work on stabilizing their balance sheet sheets, you're beginning to see that those lower prices are bringing buyers out. And in fact, a lot of times they're professional investors buying in wholesale, but you've also got, you know, home buyers coming because the the the, the got loan guidelines have kind of stabilized. The distribution channel is starting to work for getting money, you know, through, from the people who want to lend it to the people who want to borrow it as the brokerage community is figuring out how to do FHA, especially in markets like California, where there wasn't a lot of FHA going on a year ago. Zero. Yeah, it's like zero, hardly any. But here's one particular market where prices fell 25% to a median of 220000 and home sales are up 96% in July. Sales volume. Sales volume were wow. up 96% based in response. And this happened to be a market that had been one of the leaders in appreciation over the last few years. So if you look at it over even a five-year period of time, if you bought five years ago, you're still looking good, even though you gave a lot back last year. But the big point is, is that the market is saying, hey, at those prices, I want back in. And it's not the only one. There's another market here where sales jumped 31% after prices fell 35%. And that particular market, the median price is now 335 and uh, again, this was one of the top three poster child marketplaces for uh, for appreciation. And uh, now you're seeing that people like the long-term prospects of that market and are coming back in now that pricing has gotten to a more reasonable level. And when you begin to see buyers coming back into the market at the price at, at, at a certain price point, it begins to tell you we're beginning to touch on maybe what would be considered a bottom. Well, especially in the context that it's more difficult than ever to get loans. And so if you're seeing a sales volume increase and we're seeing loans fund, then it's a matter of, all right, well, the right borrowers came or people that weren't borrowers could buy for cash. And those those are, are good sales as well. But we're starting to see that in lots and lots of markets. Lots of markets are are up in terms of sales volume. Some are actually up in terms of appreciation. Now, what's interesting, I thought this was interesting, uh, the National Association of Realtors, the largest trade organization in the world, um, has a very popular website. And if you're a, a listing agent, you can certainly put your listings up there and you can search nationally on their site. And uh, they've had some interesting statistics regarding their traffic. Yeah, they did. Um, in the month of July, uh, they reported that uh, they had a lot of month over month increases in traffic, 29%, plus the amount of time spent on the site had increased 26%. Okay, so just stop there for a minute. The number of hits they're getting, just think about your business. If your web traffic increased 29%, would that be good? Month over month. Month over month. That's huge. Yeah. So so the, a lot of traffic, and then w- the, the local markets that were experiencing the largest year over year 
increases. So that's a longer term trend. That's not like, oh, it's summertime, people are out and now they're looking for homes. You know, typically home shoppers start in the in the spring. So they're not going to be doing it in the middle of July. But um, but year over year, the number one search uh, growth in search, 140 percent growth, Stockton, California, it, Stockton, Lodi, which is like the number one foreclosure market. Yep. Right. And then Las Vegas, Nevada, 93.9 percent. Fort Myers, Cape Coral. Markets we're very familiar with, 69%. Tell me De- Detroit's on the list. Detroit, yeah. Michigan at 51%. So and these are obviously, what else? Washington, D.C. These are obviously 49%. some of the hardest hit marketplaces. And so that just shows that interested buyers are starting to be interested again. If the price goes down low enough, you will get someone interested. Yeah, and that's really the point. And so, again, we're not saying that we're at a very, very bottom. We're just saying that... It just seems like all of the stars are beginning to line up with respect to the work that's been done, changing the loan limits, pumping money into the economy, um, cleaning up the lending guidelines, trying to make sure that speculation doesn't come back into the market, at least not as as, as much as it was before by changing how many non-owner occupied loans you can have, eliminating down payment assistance programs, really putting a lot of pressure on eliminating uh, builder incentives and things that were done to dump in. Well, but a lot of investigation into that for sure. You know, the FBI has been very involved in that, which would make me very nervous if I'm a developer about you know entering into those types of incentives where maybe a year ago I would have been a little bit more aggressive. Um, and so, and then the other thing is that probably the biggest thing is just trying to assure the entire world that Fannie and Freddie are going to be there to continue to provide money. That's a gigantic topic. And, um, it's really just, again, going back to trying to instill confidence in the marketplace that it's okay to stick your toe back in the water, that really, if, if these institutions were allowed to fail, um, you know, it's really because the United States government has failed and you're going to have, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you own or where you are. You're going to have major problems if that were to occur. That's true. Part of the reason we like to diversify internationally, but certainly not the only reason. (laughs) All right. What are some other trends? There's some other uh, individual trends going on. And that's what you want to watch as a real estate investor. Uh, Look at, listen to the macro, try to understand that. And then where's the micro, where's the opportunity in some markets right now, we're seeing stagnant uh, pricing increase in sales, but a huge upside in the high end market. There's three or four markets right now across America where the high end million dollar up, which in some markets isn't the high end, but million and up in a lot of these markets is moving as brisk as can be. Number of days in the market in two markets under seven days for prices over $5 million. It's hard to get your head around that, but the folks who can afford those houses pretty much don't care who gets elected president or what happens today in the stock market, right? Those folks. So, so you got to look at where the niches are. We'll, uh, we'll keep you posted. That's what we do as the real estate guys, as the signs of the time uh, continue. And uh, we just appreciate you uh, listening to our program. Uh, next week on the show, we have a bang-up show for you. It's going to be a great, great show as soon as we figure out what it's going to be. But the week after that, <laughs> guess what we're going to be talking about? A great topic, credit repair and restoration. Yeah, Credit's huge. a big deal right now. If you have a credit score that is less than sterling, Two weeks from now, check it out. We've got a great guest. We've got a great topic. It's going to be fun. Thanks for tuning into the show. We're here uh, all the time uh, at realestateguysradio.com and every weekend on the radio. Thanks to our loyal listeners and our new listeners. Also, thanks to Matthew Pierce, our executive producer, and uh, Chathan, our engineer. Thanks to all our fabulous sponsors. Remember, equity happens. Make sure some happens to you.
the Real Estate Guys, brought to you in part by the Investor's Paradigm. Learn how investing in real estate, accounts receivables, hard money, lending, and other strategies can give you positive cash flow fast. Call 800-265-4817. Texas Investor Homes, model home leasebacks for long-distance investing. Call 972-897-6190 or visit TexasInvestorHomes.com. Corporate Direct, get the edge in business and wealth, building with asset protection, privacy, and tax savings. Call Rich Dad Advisor Garrett Sutton at 800-600-1760. And Global Property Network. Have Goldfinger Luke Chadwick help you find properties from around the world. Call GPN at 877-411-4GPN. Find out about these and other valued sponsors on the sponsor page at realestateguysradio.com and learn how you can sponsor the program, 510-521-5100. We'll see you next week on The Real Estate Guys. Hi, this is Robert Helms. As a real estate investor, you know you need to be concerned about asset protection. When an investor asks me about the litigation explosion in America and what they can do to better protect their real estate assets, I like to refer them to Corporate Direct. Equity happens, but it can be limited without solid asset protection in place. And Corporate Direct protects your assets. Corporate Direct is owned and operated by Garrett Sutton. He's an attorney, best-selling author, and one of Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Advisors. Garrett and his staff are knowledgeable, helpful, and surprisingly affordable. And I know, I've used Corporate Direct and have been exceedingly satisfied with their service. They're on the web at CorporateDirect.com, or you can call them at 1-800-600-1760. That's CorporateDirect.com or 1-800-600-1760. You know you need asset protection for your real estate, so visit CorporateDirect.com or 1-800-600-1760. Find them on the resource page at RealEstateGuysRadio.com. That's CorporateDirect.com.